Hello and welcome to Love from the Hip's sixth show. I am spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. Love from the Hip airs every Wednesday from 2 p.m. to 3 p.m. right here on Alternative Talk Radio. This show is unlike anything you have ever heard. It was created with the intention of helping others to help themselves. You will hear me interview amazing people from around the world who are making a difference helping others in their own unique way. On this weekly show, you may also hear me follow up with a client I may have hypnotized in the studio on a special edition of Love from the Hip, available online at lovefromthehip.com. Together, we can all make a difference, and it begins with love. Love from the Hip. So let's get our collective journey started with today's edition of Love from the Hip. One of the biggest lessons I have learned on my spiritual path is that despite how much I detach from the physical plane to continue mindful practices or to enlighten my mental and emotional body, I still need to appreciate my physical body. Many of us on this spiritual journey often get so caught up in escaping the physical universe and seek to grow our mental and emotional body instead of also being content sitting right here in a physical body. Sure, we can detach from the attachment to the physical world, but we still need a physical body to navigate and ground us here on earth. Our physical body communicates with us through disease, pain, and emotional distress. The rare disorder that I have manifested on my skin for me to pay attention. It was trying for so long to tell me what was not agreeing with me, and yet I still resisted. And so it persisted. And unfortunately, or fortunately, sometimes it takes illness or physical trauma to make you sit really still and listen. I advise all of you to listen and, of course, love your physical body. It's not just an empty shell that you should disregard or diminish. It is a connection, a compass, a guiding light, and it is constantly listening to you and talking to you at the same time. Today, I will be interviewing author, TEDx speaker, healer, vibration of change creator and coach, and radio talk show host, Christine Upchurch. She will share her journey, her hurdles, her accolades, her wisdom, and her insight on healing through the right here and now. Her story will also touch on the messages she received through her connection with her physical body. So stick around after this quick break. Your skin is your body's largest organ. Care for it properly, starting with your face. Sakura Skin and Mind offers several clinical facial treatments to help stimulate collagen production, eliminate toxins, boost circulation, and deeply cleanse. See a new you in your mirror. Clinical facials range from $90 and up. Do your face a favor. Sakura Skin and Mind, erasing wrinkles one clinical facial at a time. Learn more, Sakura Skin and Mind. S-A-K-U-R-A SkinAndMind.com Get your daily dose of variety. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I am spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. And remember to tune in each Wednesday at 2 p.m. to 3 p.m. right here on KKNW. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing author, TEDx speaker, healer, vibration of change creator and coach, and radio talk show host, Christine Upchurch. Hi, Christine. Hi, Sakura. So happy to be here. Oh, I'm so happy to have you. So I have to say that you've done so much in your life. It's it's super impressive. Are, are you calling me old? <laughs> <laughs> Nonsense. No, I'm, no, you're not. Age is just a number. <laughs> but in saying that, I want you to take me and the listeners back to your college days. Oh, okay. Well, first of all, when I was in college, between my junior and senior year, um, I was a math major, and I was trying to decide what to do next. Like, after I graduated, would I go to graduate school and go into statistics, or would I go into um, computer science? I, I was I really struggling to try to figure out my path, mm-hmm. and as I was walking along one summer day, I heard a voice that actually literally stopped me in my tracks, and it said, inside my head disembodied from from my usual mental chatter, it said, you're a healer. (laughs) And I'm like, what the heck is that? And I heard that voice twice that summer, and I thought, this is egotistical, you know, this doesn't make sense. So I ignored that voice, and I went into graduate school um, in statistics, and I became a statistician as well. And when I was in the midst of that, um, I got the early stages of lymphoma, type Mm -hmm. of, of, of cancer, where doctors had nothing to offer me early on. And they would put me on chemo the rest of my life Mm -hmm. once they started it. 
And so um, one way or another, I was going to need to listen to that voice and become the healer that I had been guided to be. Yeah, yeah. So where were you going to school at the time? Uh, When I got cancer, I was at Rutgers. Okay. um, In New Jersey. And... um, yeah, it, it it was a a type of cancer that early on it you know I had some some mild mm-hmm. symptoms, but it definitely put me into an emotional and spiritual abyss. Oh, I bet. Yeah, because I thought I may never have children. I may die much younger. This disease and gets how old really. Were you? Sorry. I was in my upper twenties, I guess. Okay. At the time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, it it made me face all sorts of things in my life that up until that point I had done a great job of. Avoiding, suppressing, running away from. Mm, okay. So you really had to look at it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right in the face. So was this why you didn't choose to finish your dissertation? Well, it was interesting because I was very close to finishing my doctoral research. I'd passed all my exams. I had my 22 graduate courses. I'd gotten my master's along the way. Mm-hmm. And I was working part-time as a statistician. Um, and at one point, somebody said to me, are you going to finish your dissertation? Knowing that I was dealing with cancer, and I said, I'm going to finish my dissertation if it kills me. Mm-hmm. And the words that came out of my mouth, I'd become aware enough to understand that indeed it was killing me. Wow. And I need to, needed to make a choice that was in alignment with my soul's purpose, in alignment with my heart, as opposed to just letting my head decide what was a good choice for me on my path. Mm-hmm. And I chose to leave there, and I um, left New Jersey, and within three weeks of moving to the Seattle area, all of the cancerous lesions disappeared. Wow, so you had lesions visible visible on your skin? Yes, it was, type, it was not skin cancer. It was a type of lymphoma, and it initially appears as, like, these, these scaly, funny-colored lesions hmm. that can turn into these mushroom-like tumors all over your body. Okay. So I had numerous lesions mm-hmm. on my skin, so I was able to see it, and when they were all gone, it was very obvious. Yeah, yeah, because you're seeing it. <laughs> yes, exactly. Was it super painful, too? No, it was not painful at okay. all. It, it, it was a little itchy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mostly just disturbing because I had read about um, what the long-term pro- prognosis well, yeah. was. And, you, and, and you go on the Internet. It's, it's all, well, it's all is, downhill from there. This is before there. the days of the Internet. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> See, I went to I'm the medical library. I'm you here. <laughs> okay, so, yeah. So, so when you came to Seattle, you mm-hmm. switched gears. Right? I, I did in some bit. sense. I um, I continued to work as a statistician. I worked at Fred Hutch. And in fact, okay. I designed and analyzed clinical trials and cancer research. So you for had a cancer and you're, at the time, you had cancer and you're doing clinical research on no, cancer. No, the cancer disappeared. The cancer disappeared. It, wow. it disappeared before I got into huh. that. And, um, you know, I, I worked on um, clinical trials. I also uh, worked in, in um, some studies that were looking at quality of life, which is really important because mm-hmm. if you've got one cancer treatment that's stronger than another, you really have to assess, well, what is the, if one keeps somebody alive for three months longer or six months longer, what's the difference in quality of life? Because wow. if, it, if it greatly reduces somebody's quality of life, yeah. is it really worth it? You know, right. the people need to be educated about their, their choices. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even though I had healed myself without any medical treatment, um, you know, this, this is just something I fell into. It was kind of funny the way this job came about. Yeah, very uh, ironic. Yeah, and, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I continued that until I decided to become a stay-at-home mom. Okay, okay. And so um, I wanted to ask, so then do you, I know you said the cancer you think was caused by your, what you were, what, were, what you were studying and how unhappy you were and was yeah. there more to it than that? Well, what? when I think back, I mean, yes, I had worthiness issues, yes, I um, had a lot of self-hatred. I wasn't following my path. I was in a difficult marriage. But beyond that, um, I came to understand years later that when I was a kid going to school, if I really didn't want to be in school, I would be really good at manifesting that sore throat or Mm. the tummy ache or some sort of physical ailment. And even though I wasn't consciously doing that, it was on a subconscious level, and I, I came to recognize that I really needed to get out of my graduate program. And on some sub- subconscious level, I think it was like, I couldn't just have a sore throat or a tummy ache to get out right. of That'd a graduate program. Big. But cancer would do it. Jeez, you picked a big one. I did. <laughs> <laughs> and then I recognized wow. that I didn't need to do that in order to make the choice that was aligned with my soul's purpose. Right, exactly. So then when you were a stay-at-home mom, mm-hmm. you were obviously putting your feelers out into the spiritual realms. Oh, right? yes. And I, I will often say that 
um, after birthing two babies and facing cancer, I was birthing myself and mm-hmm. began to sort of expand my consciousness. And I got very interested in energy healing as well as conscious manifestation techniques mm-hmm. and uh, eventually found my way into reconnective healing. And the first day of training, I felt like I was coming home in a very deep sense. Oh, wow. And then ultimately, you know, became a part of the teaching staff, becoming one of four instructors around the world to teach mm-hmm. that. But it was... It was really kind of like, you know, shifting gears from statistician to healer. Statistician, which is not an easy word to say, I must say. Um, (laughs) I trip over it sometimes myself. (laughs) Do you think, though, um, when you were going through cancer and then getting over cancer, do you think that there's a bit of, like, losing an identity and gaining a new identity when you go from being sick to recovering? I think the, the key piece of it that made me feel so different is the fact that Never before had I felt so alone. Mm. Because when you're facing uh, a, some sort of crisis, a health crisis, you might be able to connect with some others who are experiencing similar things, but you really feel like you're on, a, on your own mm-hmm. because it's you and your body. And, of mm-hmm. course, there's more to it than it's you and your body. But it's, it's a matter of you're the one who might die. Mm-hmm. And most people don't really get that. And some people will end up distancing themselves from you and other times... Some people will come in and surprise you and, and really, you know, support you. But, it, yeah, I've, I felt very alone, and it kind of helped me to reassess my relationship with myself. Yeah, I can completely relate to that because having such a rare um, autoimmune disorder myself, mm-hmm. and, yeah, you isolate yourself in a sense, but then there's this benefit of doing that. Like you're saying, you're, you're growing in that isolation. Absolutely. So, yeah. wow, that's amazing. Well, we're going to have to take a quick break, but when, I, when we come back, I want to touch on reconnective healing. Okay. Did you know that your skin is your body's first defense against disease and infection? BrioTech knows and has developed their topical skin spray to enhance your skin's natural healing responses and defenses. BrioTech is all about providing its customers products that help promote skin wellness. BrioTech Topical Skin Spray is a light misting spray free of added fragrance, oil, alcohol, and parabens. All this protection without clogging your pores. It's a must addition to your all-around daily skincare regimen. Try BrioTech, a collection of sprayers from 2 ounces to 8 ounces. With this bundle, you can have BrioTech Topical Skin Spray wherever life takes you. All natural and safe to use from head to toe. Irritations, redness, post-procedure sensitivities? Get BrioTech Topical Skin Spray today. Years in the making, doctor recommended, and available through Amazon. Learn more at BrioTechUSA.com. That's B-R-I-O-T-E-C-H-U-S-A.com. Support your skin at BrioTechUSA.com. Microneedling is a revolutionary treatment that can help reduce the appearance of acne scars, fine lines, pigmentation, wrinkles, even improve the appearance of stretch marks by stimulating collagen and elastin. Sakura Skin and Mind specializes in this procedure that jumpstarts your body's natural healing process. Sakura Skin and Mind believes in not only keeping the skin up to date with the latest trends in the skincare industry, but also keeping the skin beautiful, fast, pretty, painless, and affordable. Find out more at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A skinandmind.com. If you're planning on building a home or a major landscaping project, you'll want the team of Stone Resources on your side. Safely, effectively, and correctly working with our unique terrain requires local knowledge and environmental care. For 21 years, Stone Resources has been making sure their customers' biggest investment is on solid ground. Trust your next earth-moving project to Stone Resources. Call 425-754-6792. That's 425-754-6792. Stone Resources. We make the earth move. And remember, if you need dirt or have dirt to get rid of, you can call on us. 425-754-6792. 
Hypnotherapy helps you discover and explore deep, sustainable life changes. Let Sakura guide your communication with your unconscious mind. Rid yourself of negative behaviors, fears, pains, and emotions. Weight loss, smoking, childhood drama, chronic pain, and much more can be addressed. Begin healing now. Just $100 for the first session. Learn more at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A skinandmind.com. Bring out the healthy way of thinking you didn't know you had. Ready to shake things up? Try Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I am spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. And remember to tune in every Wednesday at 2 p.m. to 3 p.m. right here on KKNW. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing author, TEDx speaker, healer, vibration of change creator and coach, and radio talk show host, Christine Upchurch. And before the break, Christine was getting into her path on spirituality and having um, being a part-time mom and then taking that on. And I know you were talking about reconnective healing, but before we get in that, was there a teaching aspect in that, or is that... Well, it was interesting because um, it came very naturally for me, and it really blew my mind at how powerful it was. You know, I was seeing people get rid of their crutches and their pills and, huh. and you know, people who were able to walk for the first time in three years and Crohn's disease disappearing. I mean, all sorts of healings like that. But the, the part of it that I liked the most was helping others to learn how to facilitate healing, helping others to understand the philosophy associated with helping to shift other people through mm. healing and transformation. And it really wasn't just about healing the physical body. It was about shifting a person's emotions, shifting the circumstances in their lives. And for me, when I, I had the honor of becoming one of the instructors and got to travel the world to teach, um, it really lit me up inside because mm. I felt like I was finally stepping into my true purpose yeah. as, a, as a teacher. And one of my favorite parts of it wasn't just training practitioners. It was actually helping people to open their eyes, their minds, and their hearts to a greater reality. You know, I loved getting people who were really skeptical, uh, resistant to change to end up having like this deer in the head like look, you yeah. know, because How did they you do that because <laughs> because life had had shown them something new about reality. And it, I, I love to help people shift their perspective yeah. about consciousness and the nature of our, our reality. So how did you go from being a student of reconnective healing or maybe just, you know, uh, doing it on other people to actually becoming an instructor? What, what well, made that jump for you? I applied to become a practitioner mentor, as they called it, and went through training and went to lots of seminars and assisted. And ultimately, they opened up a path for associate instructors that we'd get to teach level three. And then there were three of us who were brought forward to teach levels one and two. And to um, you know, I had my own you know teaching staff and, mm -hmm. and admin would come and we'd put on these seminars and occasionally we'd teach one together like a nine hundred person seminar we came, all four came together to teach in Amsterdam, but it uh -huh. was um, yeah it, it, it was just a matter of it was aligning with my purpose uh -huh. and it was time oh, yeah definitely <laughs> so for our listeners can you explain a little bit about reconnective healing. Well, what it is. Reconnective healing was originally brought through by Dr. Eric Pearl, and it's a type of non-touch healing, uh, works in the biofield. I was actually a, a subject of some um, of various university research studies associated with this, and it works very different than Reiki. It, it works different than um, so many of the other types of energy healing where you're, you're bringing the energy through. It's about sort of hooking people up. Mm. And... Um, Interestingly enough, one of the reasons I ultimately left Reconnective Healing is because um, Eric Pearl believes that Reconnective Healing contains all the other types of energy healing. I, I could no longer teach that because we don't know that it works differently, right. but I can't say it contains all these other types of energy. And I ultimately had something else coming through me and a, and a couple of colleagues downloaded huh. called the 111 activation that came through on January 11th. 2011 on 11111. Wow. And so it was this the universe was basically saying there's more. Uh-huh. And uh, although I love and and believe in the philosophy of the healing, reconnective healing, mm -hmm. there are other what this is a vibrational structure. It's sacred geometry that to help people transform their lives quickly. So 
I I moved out of that as, you know, it's like a prestigious role and I got to touch lots of lives, but I could no longer be in integrity with myself and say, teach what I needed to teach, what I was required to teach, that this contains all the other types of energy healing. Yeah, well, I could see some friction there. Yeah. So, and what is the activation code you had um, in our meeting Uh outside of here? Uh You talked about the activation code 222. So, well, the 111 brings forth a new kind of Merkaba. It's a, okay. a rhomboid-based, an octahedron-based Merkaba, and um, it works on the electrical system of the body. Mm-hmm. That's, that's my real sense of it. Puts together some sacred geometry. Now, the 222 is something that I personally downloaded, and it, was, it's, um, it works on the mag- magnetism of the body mm-hmm. and relates to the torus. There, there are many tube toruses that, that get created and get and, and it helps those new Merkaba mm-hmm. that are generated by the 111 to spin faster. Okay. So it's it really, both the 111 and the, and the 222 help people on their transformational journeys. Mm-hmm. Okay. To becoming more aligned with who they truly are, show, to help them show up more fully at this time of great change on our planet here. And so, and the person doesn't even need to believe in oh, what no. they're doing. Oh, no. And in fact, yeah. <laughs> some of my, my favorite healing and transformation stories are people who were dragged in by uh-huh. their, their loving spouses or whatever. No, belief isn't a part of it. it. It has to do with what's in our biofield, which is what scientists call the, the aura. Uh-huh. And it's about shifting that energy field. If you go on my website and you look at like how I explain the difference between healing and transformation, it really has to do with like, so we've got this, these pipes so mm-hmm. to speak, the, the, through which the light, the energy flows through us. And scientists can actually measure like how much light is where and where light is missing. And, and there are many practitioners around the world, medical practitioners, who use certain devices to assess where there's a hole in the energy field because that relates to a certain type of problem in the human body. Huh. And so they'll map that out. Um, but with these processes and with um, reconnective healing, those holes get filled in that, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've seen scientific data that shows DNA heals faster. I mean, th- things like that. So there, there's scientific ways of looking at it, but it's, it's really about um, shifting to make sure we've got light filling in. Mm-hmm. So there, there's no deficit in a particular area, but also to kind of reconfigure our patterns, which help change the patterns in our lives. Okay. Okay. So did you have a lot of quantum physicists working with you in research on, is there research done on reconnective healing? Oh, yeah, there's a lot of research. And, and Dr. Bill Tiller, who's a professor um, emeritus from Stanford University, he's got a, his center down in um, Phoenix. Mm-hmm. He did research with us with reconnective healing and, and found that um, it definitely works different. It's, it's like instead of something getting processed within our four-space, time-space continuum, he says it's like something happens where we, we're reaching into um, what he calls our space, reciprocal space, that, that part of our reality that is outside our space-time continuum where there is perfection. Is that like negative space? I've heard that term and used before. I'm not sure if it's the same as negative space. Okay. It's, it, but it's, it's actually um, it's the, it's negative entropy maybe what you're thinking okay, of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. It's a place where entropy is things falling apart, you know, right. our garage getting disorganized, yeah. our bodies getting disease, and negative entropy is a very positive thing. So that R space, that reciprocal space, is where physicists theorize there's perfection, there's negative entropy. Mm-hmm. And so um, Bill Tiller suggested, based on the data he saw, that shocked the heck out of him, is that something is connecting to that R space and dropping into this physical rea- reality almost instantaneously to create a shift, which explains why you know people would get up off the massage table after their session and be able to walk without their cane and pain meds. Mm. It would explain why you know I would demonstrate from stage the way Eric Perlis still does it today, where you know somebody's got a physical restriction they've had for years, and suddenly they're able to move their body in a normal way without the pain. It's things happen fast when you're tapping into the quantum field into that, that, that R space, yeah. it, it changes the nature of the healing and transformation equation. Wow. Okay. That's amazing. Well, we're going to have to take a quick break, but when we come back, I want to have you touch on the wheel metaphor that you use and the right here and right now in relation to that, that R space. In this weekly skinny, I would like to tell you about microcurrent. What is it? 
Microcurrent is a non-invasive anti-aging treatment used to tighten and tone facial muscles. The device used emits extremely low voltage electrical currents, which mirror your own body's electrical currents on a cellular level to repair damaged skin and stimulate collagen and elastin production. Originally used in helping people with Bell's palsy, a sudden paralysis or weakening of facial muscles, it was later found to have cosmetic benefits including better circulation, less wrinkles, and a clearer complexion. It is much like a workout for your face, re-educating your facial muscles. This is a painless treatment in which two prongs or two wands are placed on the skin to deliver tiny currents back and forth to each other. During the treatment, the client may experience a metallic taste in their mouth, see a tiny white flashing light, and feel some tingling in some areas. The lifting and tightening is noticed immediately, but if you want longer lasting results, then it is recommended to do microcurrent daily with an at-home device. I recommend the microcurrent device from New Face. They also offer a larger device which can be used to lift and tone other extremities like the stomach or back of arms. If you are interested in booking a microcurrent treatment, email me at sakura at sakuraskinandmind.com or call 206-730-7429. Men, care for your skin properly, starting with your face. Sakura Skin and Mind offers their Gentleman's Groom Clinical Facial for just $120. Designed for your rugged skin, a deep cleansing clinical facial is like a one-two-three punch to wrinkles, age spots, and problem skin. Tame those brows, ears, and nostrils. Sakura Skin and Mind, erasing wrinkles one clinical facial at a time. Learn more at sakuraskinandmind.com S-A-K-U-R-A skinandmind.com Did you know that your skin is your body's first defense against disease and infection? BrioTech knows and has developed their topical skin spray to enhance your skin's natural healing responses and defenses. BrioTech is all about providing its customers products that help promote skin wellness. BrioTech Topical Skin Spray is a light misting spray free of added fragrance, oil, alcohol, and parabens. All this protection without clogging your pores. It's a must addition to your all-around daily skincare regimen. Try BrioTech, a collection of sprayers from two ounces to eight ounces. With this bundle, you can have BrioTech Topical Skin Spray wherever life takes you. All natural and safe to use from head to toe. Irritations, redness, Post-procedure sensitivities? Get BrioTech Topical Skin Spray today. Years in the making, doctor recommended, and available through Amazon. Learn more at BrioTechUSA.com. That's B-R-I-O-T-E-C-H-U-S-A.com. Support your skin at BrioTechUSA.com. Peach fuzz is great. If it's on a peach, let Sakura Skin and Mind remove unsightly hair with dermaplaning. Although its primary purpose is to remove layers of dead skin, it's just one of the added benefits, leaving your skin baby smooth, safe, effective, fast, and affordable. What a concept! Sakura Skin and Mind wants you to look your very best, and dermaplaning is just one tool in their chest. Find out about dermaplaning at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A, skinandmind.com. We bring out the healthy skin and healthy way of thinking you didn't know you had. There's a reason they invented the internet. It's called 1150kknw.com. Welcome back to Left from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. And remember to tune in each Wednesday at 2 p.m. to 3 p.m. right here on KKNW. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing author, TEDx speaker, healer, vibration of change creator and coach, and radio talk show host, Christine Upchurch. And before our break, we were talking about our space, uh-huh. correct? Yes. And I know when we met outside of the studio, you were talking a little bit about um, a wheel formation. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. To better explain. Okay. Well, <laughs> let me let me just back up a little bit. Yeah, yeah I've no, ta- absolutely. I've talked, I've talked about how I healed myself of cancer, and I didn't go into details about that, but... but I, I used visualization, mm-hmm. um, imagined light going through my body, and it, it ultimately shifted the course of the disease for me. Okay. Um, so it was a matter of, of, you know, my belief and seeing the light through me, and, and um, it was conscious manifestation technique. And I left that experience and learning all about these other types of con- conscious manifestation techniques, um, thinking belief is everything. Mm-hmm. Fast forward a few years, I, I was a new practitioner of reconnective healing. I was taught 
how to sort of get into the person's quantum field and just allow and explore. And, and um, I didn't have any intention associated with this person who had been brought in. I didn't believe I, I was able to do it, even though I'd taken training. It's like, oh, well, he can do it, but I don't know about me. And the person who had been dragged in by his wife made it very clear when he got back into my session room with his arms crossed that he did not believe in this woo-woo work. Hmm. And he had an amazing healing. So I'm thinking, okay, well, if belief is everything with conscious manifestation techniques and belief doesn't have anything to do with facilitating healings, what's this about? So I was in this mm. place and, and you know, over the years I facilitated many, many healings and, and demonstrated it and taught other practitioners um, and made it very clear that belief didn't have anything to do with it. But being an analytic person, you remember the former statistician, yes. right? I wanted <laughs> to have it figured out. So I'm thinking, okay, well, why is there this difference? Is is there something that unifies it? Is there right. an, an overarching model that explains how healing and transformation works, regardless of whether you're doing you know step by step behavioral approaches or using a healer or mm-hmm. using conscious manifestation techniques or gratitude journaling or any of these things? And all of a sudden, it hit me one day. You know that that head to toe uh-huh. shiver, the big aha, <laughs> and I understood, huh. and I, I came to understand that. It all depends on our vibrational relationship with the here and now. Mm-hmm. Now, that may sound kind of odd, mm-hmm. but it's, it really has to do with um, are we at ease with what is on some vibrational level? Now, when I was visualizing for myself um, about, you know, being all healed and having this light through my body, in those moments as when I was doing the meditation, I get all excited about it, and I'd love the light through my body, and I'd love being healed in my imagination. And so I was embracing what is hmm. vibrationally right. because my imagination was there. With the healing, what I was doing and what we all were doing as practitioners when doing this right was just allowing and observing, and hmm. that brought that vibration of allowing to the client. And I think of it sort of like um, on a quantum physics level. Now, on the smallest <laughs> level in quantum physics, they show that uh, physicists show that um, everything is both a particle and a wave. Mm-hmm. So if you think about this as a wheel that you're mentioning, like in the middle of it is the particle form. And along the spokes going out to the side of the, the edges of the wheel are all the potential, the waves of potential. Mm-hmm. And in order to go from one particle form to another particle form, and it rides a wave and it collapses into the new particle form. So if you extrapolate this to life, there we are in our current particle form of reality. Mm-hmm. It's called what our life circumstances and health and, and emotional state are. We're at that, that center of that wheel, and, and we already have all these waves of potential. Some of them are consciously brought up in terms of our imagination, but many are just on a soul purpose. Mm-hmm. So... We have the potential to ride the wave to the outside of that wheel, to that new particle form of reality. However, what most of us do on a vibrational level is we stay away from the center of that wheel. They say, I don't want to be here. Mm-hmm. I've got resistance to what is. I don't have money. So there you are, farther away, yeah. farther away, farther away. And you need to be magnetized to it. Mm-hmm. So there are ways of getting yourself vibrationally to magnetize to that current particle form, being at the center of the wheel. Mm-hmm. In other words... You can only get there, all those there's that you want to be at, from here. Okay. Yeah. And by allowing, like you're saying. That's a huge piece of it. But if you're just around somebody who's in the vibration of allowing, that will help. That you will get help yourself you. out into nature where everything already just is mm-hmm. and allowing, mm-hmm. that will help. Getting yourself into that vibration one way or another, finding ease in your life through, you know, connecting with the, the, the right kind of, of friends, mm-hmm. Um laughing at a movie, going for a walk, meditating, anything that will allow you to sort of come to peace with what is, mm-hmm. is going to turbocharge your change. Wow. And do you think that's a reason why your tribe changes oh, as your vibration changes? So, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and I really think that we're, we're at the stage now, and it's not just about becoming higher vibrational. It's about becoming more expansive vibrationally, mm-hmm. which means that we are right now we're working to integrate the light and the higher frequency vibration onto our planet. Mm-hmm. So that's why so many people are facing issues with their, their physicality because we can't, we can no longer just sort of reach up and, 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 and experience that where 
forced to bring it into our bodies and our bodies have to have that stuff cleared out Mm -hmm. so that we can ground that light and change the world. Yeah. Wow. Is that where a vibration of change comes from? Yes. The vibration of change is that magic spot. And I I teach a one day workshop that I'm I'm filming right now to to do a um, an online webinar series. Um, Yes. And and the thing is, different people get magnetized to that center part of the wheel differently. In other words, for some people, gratitude journaling works great. Uh-huh. You know, it helps them sort of have appreciation for what, uh, what is. For other people, it creates stress for them. They would be better off going into meditation, doing visual, visualization to imagine themselves, you know, with what they want. Yeah. So they're, they're five there's different, different personalities. They're, exactly. <laughs> and, and the vibration uh-huh. of change actually categorizes people into five different personality types. Oh, okay. So that people can understand how they personally can get become at ease with Uh the here and now and magnetize so they can ride the wave to their transformation and healing oh wow so could you tell us what those five personalities are (laughs) the first one is the playwright the playwright loves to determine all the details of what they want to create you know you think about how um, some man might be wanting to manifest a mate and say she needs to be five, at least five foot five with wavy, wavy red hair and, and green eyes mm-hmm. and have these personality types. And so they do best through conscious manifestation techniques because mm-hmm. they can get really excited. Imaginative, They're stuck right? in their imagination yeah. a lot of the time. It's really good for them. But if you make them focus on, say, gratitude journaling, like being grateful for running into her, their old girlfriend in the grocery store, <laughs> they're not necessarily going to be happy about right. it. Um, the next type is the director. The director finds great ease taking step-by-step approaches to change, mapping things out. Mm-hmm. Um, the producer is the third type. The producer likes to plan out details, but they really have the end game in mind, and they will occasionally go in and out of the, from the details to the bigger picture and look down and say, how is this manifestation process going? How you know, are we going to reach our goals? The fourth type, the actor. You'd think that the actors really care about um, the end goal. That's not really the case. They care more about relationships. They're the type of people who would rather be working at a job that doesn't exactly excite them, but they're working around people they really connect with. Mm-hmm. It's all about the relationships. They find their ease through the relationships. And then the fifth and final type is the patron who shows up and says, okay, universe, you know, you're my parents, so to speak. I trust in your wisdom. Uh, What do you have to show for me? And they get very stressed out trying to determine exactly all the details of what they want to manifest. They they prefer to stay in this place of acceptance and gratitude. And when they get divine inspiration, they can act on it. So it's Mm -hmm. that's more in line with um, their personality. Okay. All right. Well, great. Well, we're going to have to take a quick break, but when we come back, I'm going to ask you what your personality type is. Microneedling is a revolutionary treatment that can help reduce the appearance of acne scars, fine lines, pigmentation, wrinkles, even improve the appearance of stretch marks by stimulating collagen and elastin. Sakura Skin and Mind specializes in this procedure that jumpstarts your body's natural healing process. Sakura Skin and Mind believes in not only keeping the skin up to date with the latest trends in the skincare industry, but also keeping the skin beautiful, fast, pretty, painless, and affordable. Find out more at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A skinandmind.com. If you're planning on building a home or a major landscaping project, you'll want the team of Stone Resources on your side. Safely, effectively, and correctly working with our unique terrain requires local knowledge and environmental care. For 21 years, Stone Resources has been making sure their customers' biggest investment is on solid ground. Trust your next earth-moving project to Stone Resources. Call 425-754-6792. That's 425-754-6792. Stone Resources. We make the earth move. And remember, if you need dirt or have dirt to get rid of, you can call on us. 425-754-6792. Even though there's an empty seat, our son will always have a place at our table. Even though the holidays will never be the same, my sister will always have a place in our family. Even though life goes on, 
My mom will always have a place in my heart. For victims of drunk and drug driving, our grief is unique, but you are not alone. You always have a place at MAD. Call our 24-hour victim helpline at 877-MAD-HELP or visit mad.org. Hypnotherapy helps you discover and explore deep, sustainable life changes. Let Sakura guide your communication with your unconscious mind. Rid yourself of negative behaviors, fears, pains, and emotions. Weight loss, smoking, childhood drama, chronic pain, and much more can be addressed. Begin healing now. Just $100 for the first session. Learn more. Sakura Skin and Mind.com. S A K U R A Skin and Mind. Bring out the healthy way of thinking you didn't know you had. A lot can happen in six seconds. A rodeo ride, a dramatic basketball win, and the world record holder can solve a Rubik's Cube. Six seconds is how long it takes for an 18-wheeler traveling at a safe speed to come to a complete stop. And in those six seconds, that truck will travel the length of two football fields. So please, give them room. Never cut in front of a large truck for any reason. Our roads, our safety. Learn more at sharetheroadsafely.gov. Men, care for your skin properly, starting with your face. Sakura Skin and Mind offers their Gentleman's Groom Clinical Facial for just $120. Designed for your rugged skin, a deep cleansing clinical facial is like a one-two-three punch to wrinkles, age spots, and problem skin. Tame those brows, ears, and nostrils. Sakura Skin and Mind, erasing wrinkles one clinical facial at a time. Learn more at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A SkinAndMind.com Make us part of your daily routine. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I am spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. And remember to tune in each Wednesday at 2 p.m. to 3 p.m. right here on KKNW. Today I have the pleasure of interviewing author, TEDx speaker, healer, vibration of change creator and coach, and radio talk show host, Christine Upchurch. And before our break, she was explaining to us the five different personality types. And now that we're here, (laughs) I'd like to ask you what your personality type is. Well, I've found that it's changed over time. Um, I was was more, I I was sort of forced to become more of a playwright when I was um, in the process of dealing with cancer. Uh And uh, that was suited for my personality at the time because I wanted some control over the details I've become more the other end of things now, more of a patron. Okay. Um, occasionally, I'll play the producer role, depending on if it's business or not. Um, but yeah, I sort of trust in the flow of the wisdom of the universe. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm more of a patron. Okay. Okay. And you do believe then that de- depending on what you're dealing with in your life, you can change and shift personalities. Yes and no. It's it's you can definitely shift over time. I think that. One of the reasons why people get stuck, and it's usually they're either stuck in terms of the financial abundance, mm-hmm. lack thereof, or in terms of finding a, a mate. And the reason they get stuck is because they're trying to implement an approach that goes against their personality type. Ah. So if they're a patron and they're trying to take the directorial approach to dating, that is not going to get huh. them what they need. And it's okay. not that a patron doesn't take any action, but if you're trying to say, okay, well, I'll we'll go on three dates with this person, and I'll do this and this and this and this, and if this looks fine, then I'll sleep with them. I mean, it's like... No, uh-huh. you know, that, that, that is, is not in alignment with a, a patron's approach. Huh. Yeah, that's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I was wondering if you could tell us about your book that you're writing. Ah, yes. <laughs> this book, uh, the working title is The Top Ten Myths About Spirituality. Reframe your beliefs and get real about your spiritual nature. Okay. And could you tell us about a couple of those myths? Oh, I'd be happy to. <laughs> it's funny because um, this was born out of feeling like uh, the consciousness movement, many in the consciousness movement have sort of accepted or, or created a new kind of dogma that yeah. we who either expanded or jumped out of the religion box felt like we had gotten over. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, there are a few that make perfect sense. And you actually alluded to one um, early on. And, and there's one like that people believe that our emotions or certain emotions aren't spiritual. People mm-hmm. think that our bodies aren't spiritual. Where right. Both are really important on our spiritual journeys. Another one is that um, our spirituality is, is best experienced in retreat or isolation. We've sort of gone based on, uh, it's probably too long to get into, but based on the way the male brain works. And over the last couple thousand years, 
those who've been sort of at the the leaders in the the spiritual movements um and the the female brain's got a lot more connections left to right hemispheres so we're better at like the moment to moment awareness and mm-hmm. implementation um so really the the name of the game right now is is not just to focus on our spirituality in the in the meditation room or in the seminar or in the yeah. the the church but rather to integrate on a moment-to-moment basis. Okay. So and it's sort of shifting your perspective, say, oh, yeah, while I'm sitting here in traffic, I could have an amazing experience, which for me, my most multidimensional experience ever was sitting in rush hour traffic. Really? Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah. And then another myth is that we should seek spirituality, okay. mm-hmm. which people think, oh, my gosh, that's sacrilegious or, you know, or yeah, it yeah, goes yeah. against the, what, what people in the consciousness movement believe. And, yes, indeed, it does. However... I can list numerous reasons how seeking can get in the way of that allowing our spiritual nature. It's kind of like saying, I taste. Do I need to take a course? Do I need to take a series of seminars and work with Uh an expert to learn how to taste the nuance between sweet and salty? I mean, Mm. it's it's really more about awareness. And that phrase, seeking ye shall find, which um, Jesus, you know, supposedly said on uh, the Sermon on the Mount, that was actually mistranslated a little bit. Really? It was. The correct translation should have been, keep on seeking, keep on seeking, and ye shall find. Mm. Which is more, instead of being like hunter, like I need right. to go find my spirituality, mm-hmm. or I need to go get that manifestation. Instead saying, okay, I'm going to be aware, because I'm, I'm kind of just keeping mm-hmm. my eyes out. I've got my peripheral vision mm-hmm. for my spiritual experiences. And oh, look, there are red yeah. berries over there. And look, there's... Right. there's Fruit hanging from that tree, you know, that, that, there, there is this abundance. So it's a different perspective. So when I go through and, and challenge many of these myths, and uh-huh. there really are more than 10. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. it's got to be. Yeah, there really are more than 10. It, um, it's about helping people to kind of reframe their perspective on what spirituality is. Mm-hmm. And um, by the way, there's a blog on my website right now that um, I talk about mind, body, spirit how categorizing that way can actually interfere with our spiritual experience. That's, that's, that's the kind of thing I'm talking about where um, we just really need to, to to shift our perspective and understand that our spiritual nature is an integral part of who we are. And we should be aware of that and experience it Mm -hmm. on a moment to moment basis and allow it, Absolutely, which has been pretty much your whole journey of cancer and then getting into reconnective healing and everything that you've gone through on your path, you've learned to allow Uh and surrender. And that's the big message here. Absolutely. And in fact, that's one of the reasons why uh, you'll hear these stories of people who've hit rock bottom. And I know you've got this amazing story, you know, it's happened to you (laughs) and it happened to me in certain ways and a variety of times in my life. It kind of gets you to this point where all you can do is surrender, mm-hmm. which is a very powerful place to be. Remember, that's that, yes. that magic spot, that vibration of change that yeah. allows you to transform to the next level of who you're going to become. That right here, right now. Yes. And there's something, did you mention about money? Do you talk about oh, money? Yes. Your, yeah. that, that's one of the, uh, the top 10 myths that money isn't spiritual. You know, people talk yeah. about um, money is the root of all evil. Well, the true phrase was the love of money is the root of all evil. But when you think about what love is, it's not about loving money. It's about attachment to money. Right. If we love what money represents, the time, energy, um, gifts, the natural resources of our planet, um, and loved that and respected that, then we would have to be in a, a positive relationship with that. Not only would it open the flow of abundance for us individually, but it also change the kinds of consumer decisions we're making and change the the nature of our planet. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Especially with everything going on right now. Yes. Yeah. So what are three pieces of advice you have for anyone maybe on their spiritual path or? Okay. Well, first I'd say, um, do your best to find ease. And I'm not mm-hmm. talking about ease through, oh, alcohol, drugs, um, or food, but rather find a place, find a way, a path in any moment to find your way to ease. It might be taking a deep breath. It might be chatting with a friend might be f- watching a funny movie or spending time out in nature. That ease, you know, if you can get away from all the striving and struggle, you know, mm-hmm. th- that, that ease is really important, which brings me to the next point. And the next point is stop striving and struggle to figure it out, to, you know, to, to make the right decisions, mm-hmm. to make sure you're being spiritual enough. Let go of that struggle because it gets in the way of that natural flow. Right. Yeah. And having all the answers. Having all the answers. Yeah. 
and ultimately just be in the now because it's it's that place of being in the flow where you're going to experience your divine guide, guidance. You're going to understand what the next step is, and the next step may be related to you know something in your career, or it might just be parking in a certain part of the parking lot and running into the right person. Mm-hmm. It might be about um, just being there for somebody who, you know, needs the assistance, you know, because they're experiencing some sort of loss or, or some sort of frustration. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be just to be in that bathtub of water and and connecting more with who you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, being still. Wow, yeah. that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Well, um, I wanted to ask you, so you're not, you're not, um, seeing clients anymore is that correct i i see coaching clients and i I see a limited number um of distance limited number of distance sessions Uh um yeah but i've stepped away from that because i'm focusing more on presentations such as my tedx talk my tedx talk which is up on youtube yes uh and on my homepage as well and what is your website so people can find you christineupchurch.com so c-h-r-i-s-t-i-n-e-u-p-c-h-u-r-c-h.com okay yeah and and also writing and uh, working on shifting my business to focus more on reaching the masses with messages as opposed to with um, the healing work. That's great. That's great. Well, thank you very much. Thank, thank you. you for it's being been a here. <laughs> I really appreciate having you. Oh, it's been a joy. Yeah. Thank you. We have to wrap it up for today, but I would like to again thank Christine Upchurch for coming on my show. I would also like to thank my fabulous producer Eric, and you, the listener. Without you, the show would not be possible. And remember to stick around for my Get Hip segment. You can find me at lovefromthehip.com or sakuraskinandmind.com. Also, please like me on Facebook at Love From The Hip or follow me on Instagram at Love From The Hip, and that's H-Y-P. And remember, if you are interested in being hypnotized on a special edition of Love From The Hip and sharing your experience later on the air or have any questions or comments, please email me at sakura at lovefromthehip.com or call 206-730-7429. Tune in next Wednesday at 2 p.m. right here on KKNW. And remember to make self-love contagious. Go ahead. I dare you. On today's Get Hip segment, I would like to talk about the history of hypnosis. Hypnosis has been used by many ancient civilizations, including the Sumerians, Persians, Chinese, Indian, Egyptian, Greek, and Roman. The word itself comes from ancient Greek. Hypnos meaning sleep and osis meaning putting to sleep. The earliest evidence of hypnosis dates back to 1550 BC on an Egyptian papyrus, which describes the laying of hands on the patient, hand passes, and eye fixation. The ancient Egyptians had sleep temples or dream temples where their sick would go to be healed by hypnosis. There's also evidence in the ancient writings of India in the Sanskrit book called The Law of Manu, which describes the different levels of hypnosis like sleepwalking, dream sleep, and ecstasy sleep. Although the stigma is that hypnosis is a mystical or esoteric process, it has actually been used in the United States since the mid-1800s by some of the greatest pioneers of psychology like Freud. Thankfully, hypnosis has come a long way and is still becoming more widely accepted by the medical community for what it is, a form of medicine.